So I thought I was thinking at work today. I was like, if light, I was thinking about light and how light works, and light is supposed to be like a wave and a particle. Yeah. And, and I mean, it kind of makes sense. But then you think about solids, and you're like, how is something that's like a solid wall? If you shine a flashlight, it doesn't go through the other side. Are you but then, on a, yeah. <laughs> what? What are you gonna okay. say? No, go. <laughs> this is gonna segue perfectly into my quiz this week. <laughs> you Sorry. guys won't know. But if there's a wall of glass, you shine a light through it, and it goes straight through. Right. How, like how how can a solid be clear? Are the atoms just not in the way of the light anymore? I I just don't get it. Does anybody know how a solid can be clear? I think you're on the wrong wrong podcast, sir. <laughs> I don't know where. Do Am I supposed? Am I supposed to be asking Neil deGrasse Tyson these kind of questions, or what? I get, yeah, I think so. Oh, shit. Because I, well, I don't know. All right. Well, hello, and welcome to episode 43 <laughs> of Loogie. I'm your host, Zach, confused as always, here with Jack and Andrew. It's going to be a great podcast today. We got all kinds of discussions going on, but we'll start with the Mets since last week's episode. Mm, it's been a great week, 4-2. Great two, week. Going to a 33-17 and 17 overall record that's 50 games in the bag and it's our best record since uh, uh up to memorial day since the 80s i think first place 8.5 games ahead of the braves amazing amazing standing in the record right now so we're we're, we're happy with it i'm happy with it jack mm. i'm sure you've had some free time right. in your retirement to watch some games this week what did you observe what did you oh. see well i i i saw um we got a guy, Colin Holderman, uh, on our Colin. staff right now. Don't tell me his Colin, name. Colin Holderman. <laughs> now, now, 40 years ago, that name would not have been very noteworthy because the category of hold had not yet been in- invented. That's true. But now we have a middle reliever with the name Holderman, and I just think that's... I mean, how can this guy not be good? It reminds me how we used to... Years, <laughs> years ago, we used to think about this. We used to think about good names for, for sports guys, like... A pitcher named Bob Hurler. Goalie um, named Netminder. Bobby Dougie Netminder. Uh catcher <laughs> named Jim Jim Backstop. I mean, you know, but here we have an actual really uh, we have to put this on our Loogie to do list. Exactly. Holderman, who I think he might have got a hold or two already this week. Oh yeah. Um it's a great name and um he's pitched well for us, so it's good to see our middle relief um with Holderman and Drew Smith and and Lugo had a couple of a, very positive appearances. The lefty kid that we got from the Yankees. So uh, there's a lot of people to be impressed with by our team, of course. But I really enjoyed our 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 bullpen has pitched really well, and that's that's oh, been yeah. very uh, it's been very encouraging. Andrew, you noticed anything this week in particular? Uh, my favorite sports name is Chris Blewett, a uh, kicker in the <laughs> NFL. Oh, that's rough. That's a tough one. But I love it, too. <laughs> I'm sure he hears it a lot. I oh, think yeah, that's all like, the time. I think that's probably motivation, kind of like Dick Buckus is one of the toughest guys around, because his yeah. name is Kick Dick Buttick. Buckus. So. Kick, kick Buckus. All right, what do you got, Andrew? Doesn't have much of a choice. I think that was Andrew's. Yeah, that that was what I noticed this week. No. <laughs> okay. okay yeah. <laughs> what I noticed this week is... The offense just being absolutely on fire. Uh, yeah. Uh, not just this week, but really honestly, this whole month, they've been pretty unstoppable. 
and we've talked about it in the past, but the scoring runs after the other team scores runs. Oh, yeah. It seems like they're doing it every game, multiple times a game. You know, even last night, they score three, we score six right away after it. It's just mm. the quick answers are so demoralizing for the other team, and you just kill all the momentum that they have, take the lead back. Has been a has been beautiful to watch. And we'll get into it in a little bit, but just so many guys right now are absolutely on fire. And it's for it's been a long time since the offense has carried the Mets. It's always been pitching for the longest time. You'd have a few hot weeks here and there, but right now the offense is actually elite. Yeah. And it, it feels it feels weird to see. I'm not used to it, but it's amazing. It is. I mean, and we, I think, and one thing on my notes here, it's a way, all different ways we're manufacturing runs with small ball, with speed, with singles and doubles. We're not, we're not relying on the home run, and but yet we're also getting the home run. So, yeah, I agree. The way we are manufacturing runs, the variety of ways of doing it is, is a beautiful thing. 100%. And, Jack, you kind of called out, you kind of called out Escobar last week as the professional threatener on the team. And he batted a clean 296 this week. So, I mean, maybe maybe you're turning things around for him. He had a clutch hit. He had the walk-off against, who was it, the Phillies yeah. in in 10th inning. So that's good. What we're fi- yeah, what we're finding is that if Lugie badmouths a player, he seems to turn it around. Oh, yeah. So, so we did, like uh, as you say, we badmouth Escobar. We badmouthed Escobar last week for the purpose of turning him around, knowing he listens to the And, I, it and we can see it in the numbers that it, turned, that it paid off. Yeah. Who else, <laughs> who else you got, Zach? <laughs> well, I think Nito will be the next guy you need to turn around. Uh, we'll, so we'll go see. ahead and say something about him later today. I can't, no. But I can't. what I what I noticed, obviously, is what Andrew's noticing, the hot, hot Mets offense. The eight the, the eight game streak for RBIs for Lindor, um, this time last year or I guess this time in September last year he had the same amount of RBIs as he does now. So I mean that wow. says everything you need to know. He had this many RBIs wow. in September of last year. Mm-hmm. What what a turnaround, Jack! I credit you for just shitting on him all year last yeah, year. Yeah, well, paying off. Really got him got him going they also said uh, i think it was on last night's broadcast that mcneil's only grounded into two double plays this year so far that's correct and with his lack of pop and like getting it up in the air just hitting around the shift a lot of balls on the ground it's it's kind of incredible that he's been that good at manipulating where the ball is going so far this year Mm -hmm. awesome to hear that and i have one uh one quick observation about the schedule coming up, hmm. and I want to I want to know your guys' opinions on it. We got four games at the Dodgers coming up, then three in San Diego, and then three against the Angels. So that's ten games on the West Coast in California, Southern Cal. All those teams are playing pretty well right now. What are you guys thinking our record's going to be coming out of the the Southwest of the United States? Go ahead, Andrew. So I'm looking at it right now. It's ten games. Those three series, those three series all together. Uh, the Dodgers are going to be tough for sure. Their hitting is out of this world, and they've been getting some solid pitching. Mm-hmm. The Padres are very good. I think that is definitely a team. Well, I think we could hang with any team, but I think that is a team that we should be able to beat. 
And the Angels' offense is incredible. It depends on what pitchers we're getting matched up against in that series. But say it's 10 games. I, I like how this team is looking right now, especially recently. They are just knocking the cover off the ball. I think 7-3 and three or 6-4 and four is a, you know, I think a decent estimate at it. Even if we go 500, that's not, not too bad considering we, we do have some easier series coming up after that. Uh, but I, I would like to see at least six and four. Yeah, I mean, I think that obviously this team is going to be going out to the West Coast with a lot of confidence because it's obvious how well they're playing and everyone is, there's a lot of contributors going on. I think Andrew's right. We might falter. Our four or five starters as our rotation stands today may have a bit of a problem out there against those offensive teams. But it's going to be very interesting to see how we play and how we react against these upper echelon teams given this confidence given the way we've been playing or are we going to stay confident and within ourselves and continue to play the game mm-hmm. that we're playing even though we're playing better teams we have to keep aggressive we have to stay aggressive on the base bats we have to keep aggressive at the bat and um it just be interesting to see how we do i'm six and four would be an awesome road trip uh, given the three teams that we're playing and i'll take six and four any day yeah, I agree. I think, and I think this road trip is actually really important for the Mets coming up to come out with a positive record, to come out with that six and four instead of a five and five mm-hmm. or a four and six. Because when we come home, we've got three against the Brew Crew, who are nothing to turn your nose up at. We got four against Miami, who everybody knows has the Mets tough, number tough for pitching. some weird reason, and they have a great pitching staff, like you're saying, Jack. And then we go away to the Astros. And then we got the Marlins again at home and then the Astros at home. So if we don't have a good West a West Coast trip, uh, I'm a little bit nervous about how those – I mean, the Brewers, Miami Astros, those could be tough ones afterwards. But if we have the confidence that we're playing with right now, I think we got nothing to worry about. I think we'll compete with these teams all day. But it's going to be, like you said, Jack, that – the, the pitching is a little bit weaker than we'd like it right now just because of those two injuries to Degrom and, yeah. and Scherzer. So it's going to be, thank God our bullpen's pitching well. I think we can come out with a winning record out of that West Coast trip as well. So I'm thinking 6-4. and four. If it's a problem, we'll go 12-0 in Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Chicago, <laughs> Kansas City. So That's you know, true. I'm not worried. That's true. We are beating up on the Phillies yeah. and the Nationals right now. Yeah. So you're right. All right, what else we got today? What else could we say about this team that hasn't been said, or we can say better than whatever's been said? Well, we don't know much about this guy, Nick Plummer, who's come up mm. to play these last two games against the Nationals and Philly, I believe. So, Andrew, what can you tell us about Nick Plummer? Nick Plummer, he was a guy that I had never really heard of. I, I know he was being talked about as one of the guys that could have come up. It was between him and a few other outfield prospects but he is new to the Mets he was a former first first round pick by the Cardinals back in 2015 but this to start his minor league career he struggled a bunch he missed the whole season with wrist injury and up until and through 2019 he just was looking like a bust all around he just was not putting up numbers and then he turned it around a little bit last year actually in double A AA and triple A for the Cardinals, put up 
solid numbers. He hit 280 at an 894 OPS and I think definitely double-digit home runs. 13 home runs, yeah, 100, 108, 108 strikeouts in 90 games. But yes. go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, well, yes, that is always going to be the problem with him. And like we've talked about in the past, all prospects strike out a ton. And the guys who don't are the guys that can stick around. So we will see if he's going to stick around at all. He he could be up for a week and then get sent back down. No one really knows, uh, all depending on how he plays. But it's he's an interesting guy. you know. It, he has a nice looking swing. People are saying yeah. at least the second half of his swing kind of looks like Conforto. Uh, the way he follows through, I've seen a few videos of that comparison. I think he should play a decent corner outfield. I don't, I don't really know too much about it, but I, I think they're saying he is a plus defender at least at the corners. Probably could not play center. Uh, so yeah, I mean he's he's a fourth or fifth outfielder. If he can, he's already gotten yeah. two big hits for us. If he can keep that up, then. That'd be amazing. Yeah, I mean, Mariznick still has the edge because of his ability to play center field and his superior speed. But I, one thing that struck me immediately was his swing. It's a very controlled swing, and it's a very powerful swing. I was just really surprised when I saw a swing. I'm like, this guy swings the bat like he should be more successful than he has been. But as you said, he's turned it around the last couple of years. He's finally... You know, he's, he's over the Mendoza line, if you will, of 200. <laughs> and and he's really, you know, he is hitting the ball much harder. So this is an interesting guy. But, you know, we're talking still about fourth, fifth outfielder. But a great guy to have around for depth. I mean, it's just so far, it's just been very nice. Exactly. Let's talk about another outfielder now. Marte over and right is having a hell of a time right now. Andrew, what can you tell me about him? Well, he's an interesting one to his numbers actually all year have been pretty good, but they were talking about it specifically last night, how he's finally coming around. He's finally starting to hit Hmm. and he has, he's hitting the ball hard. He's hitting tons of line drives, hit some, hit some home runs. But I was shocked when I, I looked back at his numbers over the past week, he's batting 407, uh, OPS over a thousand, 1078. But even going back the entire month of May, he's hitting 347, 925 OPS. He's got seven doubles, two triples, three homers, and 14 RBIs over the entire month. So I really was not expecting those numbers to be that good. I think the way they talk about him is like, oh, he's he's going to break out soon. You know, he's hitting the ball hard, but he's not getting the results. But he is actually getting the results and mm-hmm. basically hitting 350 for an entire month is incredible. And yeah. there's so many other guys that are hot on this team that it's not being noticed. At least it wasn't by me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that is pretty incredible too. Yeah. I mean, if he keeps sitting like that in the two hole, Pete is going to drive in 150 runs this year. So yeah, kudos. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Pete has been on fire. Something about Buck last night that I really appreciated. Peterson has got the big lead, twelve to four, in the bottom of the, in the in the uh, bo- uh, where were we? It's the top of the fifth, twelve four. Late game, yeah. So Peterson's got two outs in the top of the fifth, and Hefner with a twelve four lead, and Jeremy Hefner comes out to the mound, and I'm like, why is the pitching coach coming out to the mound with a twelve four lead? But what mm-hmm. he did was he came out, and told Peterson, look. You're at 85 pitches. 
This is going to be your last batter no matter what. So if you want to win, you got to get him. If you don't get him, we're going to have to pull you. And I really appreciate the fact that they let Peterson know that ahead of time. Because when Peterson was yanked, he walked the batter to load the bases after four and two-third inning with a win just one out from his grasp. But Peterson mm-hmm. walked off the mound. He said, hey. And then when Holderman got the last out, he was the first guy to congratulate Holderman when he came off the mound. So kudos to Buck last night for letting Peterson, giving Peterson a little tip saying, hey, look, dude, I know you went out from a big win here, but. You know, if you don't get the guy, we're going to yank you because you're 85 pitches. So I really appreciate what Buck did on that last night. That's a class act right there. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to other notable MLB storylines from this week. We got our players of the week. We said bunk those real MLB players of the week. We got our own players of the week. We know what real baseball is all about. Jack, who's your player of the week? Well, I'm going to pick someone very obvious this week instead of some loser who can't see an hit for shit. Whoa. I'm going to I'm going to go Louis Guillaume because we all Whoa. know what Guillaume's done this week. Uh, leading off, he led off three the last three games. His on-base percentage is 642. His defense at second base has been spectacular. In his last seven, he's nine for 18, five, batting 500 in the last week with eight runs scored in the wow. seven games. Well, that's a hell of a pace. So, um, yeah, I mean, Guillaume stepping in and getting the playing time. And what's, what I th- what is really interesting about Guillaume is that, I mean, he's not going to play every day, you know, and he's in there now because Nimmo's out. And so we're, resur- we're moving guys around. But he could play every day because he's got seven guys that could be rested. He could play second, third, and short to give each of those guys a rest. He could move it to second for McNeil and put McNeil in left, and then you could shuffle Marte, Nimbo, and Kana around the other two positions, depending on who needs a day off. And he could DH if Pete if Pete needs a day off. Don could play first, and Guillaume could DH. So mm-hmm. the thing about Guillaume's emergence is it leaves Dom out in the cold a little bit because if if Pete. You know, if Pete needs a day off, you know, you might want to play somebody else at first and let Guillaume DH. It just depends on, on what's going on. But Louis Guillaume, great week. We all saw it. He's my player of the week. Well, it's funny you, you mentioned Dom as the odd man out because he actually did just get sent down today. Oh, shit. And oh, I my think, goodness. I think it is because of Guillaume. I mean, if Guillaume can play anywhere else in the infield, he can play first if he has to. Yeah, and it's true. You know, with with Plummer emerging too, you got you got an outfield option with a little more versatility than Dom. Yeah. So yeah, but I I think Guillaume is definitely a huge part of that happening. Well, Dom needs at bats too at this point to see yes, what he's got. Absolutely. So, but yeah, Guillaume forced their hand, so that's interesting. But anyway, damn. All right, Andrew, who's your player of the week this week? My player of the week this week is Mookie Betts outfielder for the Dodgers and you know just looking through see who had a good week and his numbers absolutely jumped out at me and I was just looking through his game logs and 10 days ago he was hitting 273 with an 888 OPS which is still amazing Uh now he's hitting 304 with an OPS over a thousand and he made that jump by this past week, batting 467 mm. at a 1610 OPS. Mm. Over the week, he went 14 for 30, Got three it. doubles, hit five Just home bad. runs, scored 10 runs. I think he stole a base. And 
I think he started the year kind of slow and people were starting to get a little bit worried about him. And he has just been absolutely on fire. And his numbers speak for themselves. He's an incredible hitter, an inc- amazing fielder with one of the best arms in baseball. Yeah. And yeah, th- there's not much you, you can say about him. He He's just amazing. Leads the league in runs scored, which I think is a very underrated statistic, and leads the league in total bases. So yeah, he's a he's a producer. Yeah, he gets the job done in L.A. Love to see it. Should have picked him for my NL MVP. Something thinking. Plus, he is getting paid thirty million dollars a year, so you got to do something. All right, Zach. Well, you got somebody. Getting paid a lot less. You're the host. You're the host. Who's your? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Howie Howie Mandel is that your player of the week? Yeah, basically, as the lowly host, I was just inclined to pick my Another AL host? MVP. I was just inclined oh. to pick my AL MVP pick, Jose Ramirez, because he got picked again by MLB as the AL Player of the Week. Oh, he got three good. home runs, 11 RBIs, you know, no big deal. Jack's always bragging about how he predicts the future and all that stuff. Isn't he, Andrew? Isn't he oh, all the about time. That? Well, exactly. Yeah, well, I, I, and I I'm finally not get it. State and fact. It's no, no, I, I, I get fact. it. I get it. I finally get it because it feels good to guess something, <laughs> and it just comes to fruition. Yeah. You're completely guessing, but it, then it just happens, and yeah. it feels really good. And I can tell why fortune tellers just—they uh, just love their job. People think they're so wise. Jack, you probably think you're wise, and I think no. you're wise. I think, but I'm you're lucky. just completely just bullshitting, lucky. and that's the best part about it. You just get to guess, and it happens. So lucky. <laughs> but but my player of the week isn't Jose Ramirez. It's Sandy Alcantara, Ooh. the pitcher for the what? Miami Marlins. Didn't he get picked last week by Andrew? He had 14 K. That's how good this guy is. 14 yeah, K. Exactly. <laughs> in eight innings, he's won four straight. And he's had four straight one run or less games. Most innings pitched in the MLB with 67 plus innings pitched. And I mean, the guy is basically just carrying the Marlins to victories right now. Just an, an incredible pitcher. Andrew obviously recognized it. And I, I had to say something again today because I, I, you know, should have picked him for my NL Cy Young and I picked DeGrom. But mm-hmm. I still think, you know, I'm sticking with DeGrom. He's going to win it. He's going to come back and just zero ERA for the rest of the season. But, uh, yeah, Sandy, congratulations just for keeping it up. I had to I had to recognize you. You're, you're fabulous. You're a fabulous pitcher. I'll tell you who else is fabulous. You got a tip of the hat to the Marlins. He's making $4 million this year. Of course, he's only in his second season. Mm-hmm. But then he's make. Then they say, "Okay, we're just going to sign you to a deal through 2027," which he agreed to. So he'll mm-hmm. only be making six million next year, nine million, seventeen million, and then in 2027, he they have a team option for 21 million. But he'll only be making 17 million dollars in 25 and in 26. So in a market where he could be worth 40 mil if he yeah. keeps this up, so. Yeah. Tip of the hat to the Marlins. So they're gonna. Oh man, I feel sorry for Sandy Alcantara. Well, I I heard something about this today about how his contract wasn't really the wisest move from him, but no. somebody was saying how people, you know, guys are injured all, every day of the week. You know, anything can happen. This yes, guy got his money guaranteed. He's oh, got yeah. exactly what he can live on. He'll be fine. Did Did anyone else see that crap with Alonso being mic'd up? I mean, it was it was bullshit. It's so it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it sucked. Uh, it sucked. I just I don't yeah. know how 
I don't know how entertaining each person they pick every game is going to be. I'm sure there's one out of every 20 that I'm exactly. going to be entertained by. But these guys are baseball players. They're at their place of work. When you go to your office job and you sit down in your cubicle, can you imagine how entertaining you'd be while talking about using whatever program on Excel you're using? I mean, That's it's just point, not yeah. that interesting unless you're really, you know, got a knack for that kind of conversational tone and you we're getting you know shown week after week it's not that interesting from these no, guys perspective until there's one until there's one there's always one do you find a diamond in the rough is it like right there this is a casting kind of thing for them to find out who's going to be the next analyst on their network i mean i, I just i'm just not that interested by it get the professionals to do their job and let the baseballs the, the baseball players and the baseballs with the, the baseballs do their job. <laughs> well, you know, you're right, because I remember people would crowd around my desk to see me in action. <laughs> within a couple of minutes, right, they all right. started walking away. It was like, well, it wasn't very exciting. And, they just <laughs> I mean, they would, and then a new crowd would walk in. And it was for every, everybody would last maybe like, I don't know, two, three minutes tops. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree with you, Zach. It's just boring to see other people work. I think the other problem is you have these national broadcast announcers that don't follow the team so they don't know that much about it so they ask them just the most boring cliche questions that no one wants to answer that question no one wants to listen to the answer to that question true so yeah it just yeah it's not done well i think it could have been this one is the one that could have convinced me that it was good because alonzo was just in the dugout yeah and not on the field so maybe like it could have been more interesting, a different perspective, but it just wasn't, and it we just need to stop doing it. It's pointless. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But Angie, make a good point. You know, if it's a local guy's, you know, what about that play Friday night when you tagged up from second to go to third? You know, I mean, right. anything that's just going on instead yeah. of all this that's true. crap. Like, what movies have you been watching lately? That was a question the other night. <laughs> ridiculous. Well, all I right. also I also noticed the umpire missed like three calls. While they were asking oh, Alonzo yeah. what he was seeing yeah. at the plate, which I thought was yeah. funny. All right, let's move on. All right, let's move on. Uh, how's how's our boy Cody Bellinger doing? Is he above or below the Bellinger <laughs> He's line? He's above two twenty one. He's above by one point. He batted two eighty six last week, but I think this will be very short lived. Two twenty one. So Cody Bellinger, hats off. Next. Wow. So so you're predicting predicting a Bellinger below the Bellinger line next week. Below the belt, I think. Injury, I think. Yes. I think since it's so close right now, maybe we need to start taking bets on that. All right, let's we'll move on. Next week. Let's move on to the quiz of the week, uh, which should be a quick one. Uh, have you guys ever heard of the four twenty club? Guys who batted over four twenty. No. Or guys who do doobie on the field. <laughs> I mean, which is That's it? That's what I was thinking. Batting four twenty or doing doobie? Which Look, is it? When, when I heard of the four twenty club, I knew you guys would think something you know something interesting like uh like who's who's smoking doobie on the field no, my whatnot. first thought is guys but, are better over 420 i mean i think it's a great segue because we just talked about bellinger and the guy looks like he's always sky high but what we're really talking about mm-hmm. is 20 doubles 20 triples 20 home runs and 20 stolen bases in one season do you guys can, can you guys name a single player in the 420 club. In it's one a, season? In one season. 20 doubles, 20 triples, 20 home runs, and 20 stolen bases. The first guy that comes to mind would be Willie Mays. 
Andrew, do you have a guess? I'm going to guess Barry Bonds. Willie Mays is, in fact, in the 420 club. Wait, 20 board- triples is 20 one? triples. That's why oh, I, I got picked Mays because of the triples. Willie Mays is one of the four people in the 420 club, a very exclusive club. He reached it with the New York Giants back in 1957. But something interesting about the 420 club is two of the members, half of the members, joined in 2007. Curtis Granderson of the Tigers, in his second season, joined with Jimmy Rollins of the Phillies in 2007. I could never have guessed those guys. Yeah, it's pretty. It's it's an insane club to be a part of. You have to have speed yeah. and power. It's yeah. and to the utmost, and you have to kind of get some luck with those triples. Wow. Twenty triples is something that guys don't really do. I mean, I, I looked up guys with twenty triple seasons. And it's like all of its 1890s, it's between, <laughs> it's yeah, between oh, yeah. 1890s and 1910s is like yeah. all the 20 triple seasons. And then randomly there's 2007 Jimmy Rollins and 2007 Curtis Granderson. Who's the, did you say there was four guys? Four guys. There's Willie Mays, Curtis Granderson, Jimmy Rollins, and Frank Schalte of the Cubs in 1911. I was thinking maybe Ricky Henderson could have been one of them. I know there's yeah. some some years where he hit some home runs. Obviously, he'd have the stolen bases every right. year, but the most triples he hit in a year was seven. So yeah, wow, I mean, it's really? It's hard to get triples. Triples are hard. Somebody hit 36 one year, but like center field was 520 feet away. That's how he had uh, 36 triples in one season. I forget the guy's name. The interesting thing about both Jimmy Rollins and Curtis Granderson's seasons in 2007 is neither of them were all-stars with 20 doubles, 20 triples, 20 home runs, and 20 stolen bases. And Jimmy Rollins ended up winning MVP in the National League while Grant, while Granderson finished 10th in MVP yeah. in the American League. So wow. it's just a very interesting, weird fact that I thought you guys might be intrigued by. Right. Very, very strange. 20 triples is something, I guess, you know, we might never see that again. Well, while we're talking about triples, if I may. The Mets have the most triples in the league. Last year, the Mets were 13th in the league in triples. This year, they lead the league in triples. And I tell you why right now. One reason. Yeah. Because Buck Walter makes those sons of bitches run. That's why. Uh, I love you, Buck. <laughs> You're the man, Buck. He's like, you better run their ass exactly. out. Or I'm going to put you on the bench. So, All right. What's next? Good quiz. Let's move on to umpires of the week. Well, before we talk about umpires, we need to mention the passing of a guy who's won the Joe West Award a couple of times, um, Andy Fletcher. Wait, what? Andy, Andy <laughs> wait, wait Jack. What? Jack. Andy Fletcher died. He, yeah, the he, Depeche Mode. Wait, I think you're talking about the Depeche Mode Andy Fletcher. Oh, shit. That's from right. the band. Yeah, Andy <laughs> Fletcher and Depeche Mode. Okay, yeah. Just uh, go ahead, I'm Andrew. Sorry. I thought it was the umpire. All right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Andrew, go back to the umpires. No, and I saw I saw him pitch last night. I saw him ump last night. He's fine. All right, go ahead. Andrew, who was the, <laughs> who was the worst umpire last yeah, week? I'm, I'm happy to report that uh, Andy Fletcher is safe and sound. Uh, but <laughs> the winner for the Joe Estor this week is Laz Diaz. His first time winning it this year. He's definitely won it in the past because Laz. he is not a very good umpire. Oh, this card sucks. Yeah, it is brutal. 93%. You know, 
You can always tell when a guy sucks when his miss, when his missed pitches aren't touching the zone at all, like not even close to touching the zone. And this guy's got a lot that aren't touching the zone. That's terrible. I mean, it was. It, it seems like based on the runs for Milwaukee, it didn't matter in this Milwaukee versus San Diego game, four to one final. Uh, but it looks like his zone was whack. He just got promoted to crew chief. What? When? This year, he's now a crew chief. He's also in the Cuban Hall of Fame, by the way, so I don't know. That, what does that mean? Is that like getting tenure, <laughs> so now he doesn't have to try anymore? He doesn't have to try anymore. <laughs> does that mean he's really good at making Cuban sandwiches? I don't know, but well, he's not even born in Cuba. He's what? Cuban. He's born in Miami. And he's in the Cuban Hall of Fame? That's what it says here. Can I be in the Cuban Hall of Fame? I'm not born in Cuba either. Eat enough Cuban sandwiches, maybe you can get in. All right. <laughs> oh, oh, man, whoa. I could set the record <laughs> if I had next? to. All right, let's get on to the best umpire of the week. Who was it, Pat Hoberg? Unfortunately, not Pat Hoberg ah, this week. Uh, our winner good. is a guy who has won the Joe West Award a few times last year, wow. I believe. Okay. Uh, but we haven't we haven't mentioned him yet, and that guy is Doug Eddings. What? Oh, I remember who, him. I I remember thinking that he sucks, and he probably still does. <laughs> but this game was incredible. Wow. He only missed one call, one. had the ninety nine percent accuracy. So I guess you can't really complain about that. But and he's he definitely been bad team. in the past. Awesome, awesome. You love to see good. a guy turn it around, you know. Well, you know what, though? This is a great question when we finally get an umpire to come on to our podcast. Because we've had this happen, where the loser one week is a winner another week. So, what happens to an umpire on certain nights where they're off their game and another night they're on their game? It uh, We have so many good questions for these guys. I think it's crucial to ask them the carrot question. How many carrots did you eat the game before Carrots is your... a question? Yeah, remember you said we got to grade him on carrots because you carrots. You got doobie. You got. You got oh yeah, do you smoke? Yes, nice. exactly. Uh-huh. How focused do you need to be? I mean, were you were you more relaxed that night? I did mean, you yeah. wear contacts or glasses? <laughs> do you wear dailies or monthlies? If you wear contacts, there's a lot yeah. of questions you need to really. Because I mean, every occupation has an art, and these guys, they're professionals. They are the top tier of their artistry, and we, you know. We got to ask them what is the, what are the details? What are the fine lines you have to walk? If we do enough research, we could be like an umpire consulting firm or something. Yeah, I mean, even though it's just one kind of section of our yeah. podcast, I feel like we're pretty much acing it. Oh yeah, we know what's going on. Oh yeah, hundred percent. All, All right, right, what's next? Let's move on to the next category, which last week had to be cut due to technical difficulties. Um, the role what? player draft was not aired last week. Undoubtedly, because of Jack's audio issues, but um, he did win. He did win last week's pitcher categories by a landslide by his judgment. But I don't, I don't think that's true. I think it was pretty close. Congratulations, Jack! You won last Thank you. week. Well, but I, you know, the fans are kind of used to you winning, so yeah, I guess it's like they old probably times. assume. It's yeah, like exactly, times. exactly. They probably just assume yep. you. Won I probably last won week. this week too. You probably did, but let's find let's out. Let's find Andrew. out. <laughs> Andrew, we're talking... Uh... Nah, don't, don't even bother. I won. Let's next segment. <laughs> no, all right. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Let's find out because I think, I think maybe me and Andrew stand a chance in the offensive category. Yeah, it could be. Uh, Jack had Nolan Arenado as his home run hitter. Andrew, how'd he do? Uh, Nolan Arenado hit one home run Ooh, over the last sucks. two weeks. 
Jeff that might Mitchell. be better than Ronald Acuna Jr. for me. How did he do? Ronald put up a big old goose egg. Ah, uh, no, no home runs for Ronald. Good. Hate Tell it. me Level Bo Bichette hit one, please. Bo Bichette hit three home runs. Whoa! Oh. Little guy with power. Good for I think him. He, pronounce it, he pronounces it bitch it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Next. <laughs> All right. For the base stealers, we got Jack's. Uh, Nick Gordon, can he steal? <laughs> I don't a even know who this week? guy is. Roughnet Odor couldn't steal one for him. Let's see if Nick Gordon <laughs> Nick can. Gordon. Nick Gordon. Play? I don't know if he plays or not. <laughs> he did not steal any bases. I think he has one this year, but it wasn't during these last two weeks. Hey, just as good as Roughnet Odor. So you know why not? All right, Miles yeah, Straw for me. Going. How'd he do? Miles Straw, one stolen base. Oh well, that'd be That's terrible. terrible. All right, Taylor Walls. Hey, Walls, zero stolen yeah, bases. Yes, sir. Miles Straw with the victory. All right. Terrible. Serial Walker, who got the most walks this week? Josh Bell, first baseman of the Nationals. How A lot of walks. Josh Bell walked three times. That's all right. Mm. Not anything close to what Francisco Lindor walked. That's true. Francisco Lindor walked nine times. Wow. What? Let's go. Juan Soto, the reigning to champ. Get to How Pete. many times did Juan walk? The champ, 13 walks. Oh, my gosh. You know, I feel sorry for this guy. He's batting like 240. You know he's getting frustrated He's not getting pitches. He wants out of there so bad. That sucks, We'll see what happens with him. I feel sorry for Soto. What a walk rate, though. All right, strikeout batters. How many strikeouts did Aaron Judge have this week? Aaron Judge struck out 13 times. Wow, just as many walks as Juan. That's pretty embarrassing. Sucks. All right, Javi Baez. How many times he strike out, huh? The King Javi, 13 strikeouts oh, as well. Oh, Ty, what a jerk. All right, Patrick, will he be the new king? Wisdom, how many times did he walk for you, Andrew? Patrick, 112. Patrick Wisdom <laughs> struck out 17 times. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. Oh, my Lord. Andrew destroys this week's competition yet he again. He killed us. So wow. I will say, when I was running the numbers, uh, Aaron Judge for Jack is leading the MLB in home runs. Uh, yes. So he might he might want to make a swap. I think Ronald Acuna <laughs> is up there in stolen bases for you, Zach. Oh uh, my gosh! I know really? you do have straw, so straw. You know, we might have to do some in a row. some messing around here. We'll see. Yeah, I got to do something. I'm gonna go I, ahead and make a winners column. I got to make a change because I should be dominating. <laughs> I am noticing that I'm getting. I, I've gotten second place. I think every week because I think oh, everyone I think gets I'm, a trophy. I think Even I'm second. Zach. No, no, no. I'm saying I don't deserve anything because I'm second behind Andrew in hitting and I'm second behind you in, in pitching. So it's really... Yeah. I think if we were playing a game nine on nine, I would have a shot. Yeah. But uh, right now, yeah, I got a, I got an adjustment to make. Yeah, I do suck. Just, I'm just the host, though. So, you know, it's You're not only the really... host. You don't really know much. <laughs> I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just the host. I'm just, just a humble host. A host. All right. Uh, we're going to skip this music uh, of the week. We're going to talk about Manwolves, a safety meeting next week. Yeah. And we hope you join us next week for f- episode 44, where we do talk about the Manwolves and everything the Mets get up to in the next seven days. It's going to be a wild ride with the West Coast trip coming up. We're going to L.A., baby. We're going to San Diego. We're going back to L.A. for the Angels. 
We're going to kick some West Coast ass. We're going to show those California hippies how the East Coast does it. Did you say Timberwolves or Manwolves? Manwolves, don't oh, okay. listen All to right. the Timberwolves podcast. You're just going to hear a lot about bouncing to, balls and I was listening to, Kev, listening to Kevin Garnett's latest rap record, so I, I listened to something Kevin else Love? Instead. Kevin Garnett. <laughs> and Kevin Garnett, baby. Come on, yeah, old school. Definitely. Old school. KG! <laughs> King KG, uh, beautiful like Celtics man, as we all remember him, not for his... You know, disgusting display with the Timberwolves. Who cares about Timberwolves, Garnett? All right, thanks for joining us for episode 43 of Loogie. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Join us next week, episode 44. Instagram, TikTok, at Loogie Podcast. Tell a friend, rate us six stars. Five stars once, one stars a second time just to even it out. We got, you know, we got merch. Redbubble.com. L-O-O-G-Y. Search it in the bar. Buy a shirt. Maybe Andrew will get some money. One can hope. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Be sweet. Good night.